podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. Hello and welcome to the five-year plan podcast. Just the two of us today. It's an FYP light, if you will. Uh, A a shorter episode than normal. Uh, Coming to you, though, with some very interesting content because we are focusing on the signing of Chet Decore, who has signed finally from Lons on a five-year deal for Palace. We will have insight from the one man you want to on this subject. France football legend Julien Laurence will join us later on to give his insight on Chet Decore. But I would say the second man you want on this subject, on your podcast, is, of course, Jack Pierce. Jack, hello. How are you doing? Hey, JD. Very much the warm-up act while half the audience <laughs> are in the bar waiting for the main act to come on. So yeah. happy to play that filler. But, uh, yeah, very exciting signing. So thanks for thanks for having me on. Top man. So we're going to hear from Jules in a bit. We asked him about uh, Decore. He spoke a little bit about Patrick Vieira's first year because, of course, he joined us last year to talk about Vieira. So I thought I'd ask him what his thoughts are on a year of Patrick Vieira. And then he did touch on as well Jean-Philippe Mateta. And we're going to save that just for our patrons. So if you go to patreon.com slash FYP podcast, you'll get Julian Laurent's thoughts on Mateta and Edouard. Very interesting stuff there indeed. Uh, so do check that out if you want to hear what he thought about that. Let's start, though, Jack, by talking about Chet Decore, who is finally signed. I mean, Twitter had been going crazy for the last few weeks about him. I have to admit, and I said this to Julien, I didn't know much about him. Uh, But if you follow people on Twitter, it sounds like it was the signing of the century. He's finally over the line. How excited are you about having Jet Decore at Palace? Very exciting. Uh, You know, you have to put your hands up and say that uh, unless you watch French football week in, week out, you won't know too much about him. Um, and I don't watch French football week in, week out. But since we were linked with him and the you know, tangible links with him with credited sources, you know, you start to do your research and, and you just look at his output for for a decent Lons team um last season in, in Ligue 1 and and you you just hope that if he's able to bring that level of performance to the Premier League next season, we have signed a very, very, very good midfielder um at the start of his career for um, what is a sizable amount of money for Crystal Palace, but could prove a very uh, shrewd investment for the club moving forward. Um, and, you know, he he's played in, a, as I said, a, a decent Lons team um, that finished seventh last season, just outside the European places. But I think that's probably higher um, than where a lot of people expected Lons to finish last season, which is testament to, to, to Corey's performance for them last season, as well as um, some other teammates um, that have also been linked with moves <coughs> moves away from uh, from the club. But very exciting signing. Um, I'm delighted we've been able to complete it um, as early in the pre-season as we have done. I think there was maybe some fear that it would drag towards the end of the transfer window and, and therefore not give him the full pre-season with, with the coaches and, and within the within the club. But it's happened now um, and he will get enough of a pre-season with us to hopefully hit the ground running come the start of August. But yeah, really really positive signing and another one um, that is in line with the likes of Abrici Eze, Mark Gaye, Michael Elise, you know, buy young, buy relatively cheap with the hope of them impressing and improving for Crystal Palace. But, you know, sadly with the the ultimate um, target of being able to to move them on for a lot more money moving forward. If that is the model that um, the club are hoping to follow and have started very well, um, then Decore very much fits the mould. Uh, being v- involved in preseason, of course, means uh, playing alongside five first teamers in Singapore. Uh, we'll 
come on to that later. I think there's some there's some rumor that he <laughs> might he fly out. He might well he's not there yet, but he might fly out and join join them. But it's either playing against uh, Manchester United at the Melbourne Cricket Ground in front of a hundred thousand fans, or playing at the Priestfield against <laughs> Gillingham. So yeah. you know, two, two two very different sides of the same coin. But yeah, either way, the fact he's going to be in and around the club, I think, and I, I you know I know Julian will probably have some insight into how a, a young player from a different country will settle into a club but the longer he has before he starts playing competitively I think is is all the more positive for, for him and for Palace definitely I mean it, it, it as you said it follows that trend that Palace have been uh, going down the last couple of years of as you say by young and actually I don't think it's un it's not a bad place to be in as a club to know that in a couple of years they probably will move on if they do then it's going to be for an, uh, a, a, a big a big transfer fee and obviously a, a um also have got a profit on the money you've paid initially or the 20 million pounds you know still a decent outlay at the start and obviously it means if that does happen they've had a good time at palace and they've been successful so in a way the club wins i know there are some fans who probably don't want to see that happening and think that palace should be holding on to these players but we are a mid-table premier league team pushing for a top 10 and that unfortunately is what happens but if you do make it work for yourself and you know that you can then go out and get the next Chet Decore, the next Everett Eze, the next Mark Gay here, and you're confident in your scouting team, which I think at the moment we have to be, given what they've done for us in the last couple of years. That that um, formula and mould can work very well for you, but I do understand some fans might be sitting there listening, thinking, why are they talking about him leaving when he's only just got here? But uh, that, is that just the, the 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 world that we live in as a Palace a Palace fan? I think so. I think it's probably the most equitable way for the club to to establish themselves as a as a Premier League club moving forward, and also be the attractive sell for a player like Chet Decore to say, you know, come to Palace, learn your trade in, in England here, um, play in a more competitive league, play with better players, um, and sign to a five-year contract. So we're not saying as though he's going to leave after one year or even two years. There's the financial security that that he's contracted to the club for, for five full seasons. So it's not an immediate thing, but, I, you know, and I think Julian will, will hopefully give an indication as to, to where this guy's ceiling is at. Uh, but he's got the potential and 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 shown potential at, uh, in his four seasons with Lons of of playing at the very top and and that is European competition. Who knows? Could be with Crystal Palace if uh, if things carry on going the right way. And I guess that's the that's the uh, the challenge for for Palace to to get to a point where players won't be looking at alternative uh, alternative clubs to to meet the the aims and the challenges they want to get to and for Palace to be that club but you know either way we're going to have a very good player playing for Crystal Palace for for a, a solid amount of time um, and I think the fact the club were able to point to last year's recruitment uh, you know particularly the likes of, of Gaye and and Elise and say you know, look at the chances and the opportunities we're going to give or we give to young players in, in the Premier League um, will certainly have helped the argument but also the fact that Patrick Vieira is able to say, come and play for me, I think is is, is not to be ignored. But yeah, it's it's probably something Palace fans are going to have to get used to, get used to. But but the positive is that the club seems shrewd enough to invest long term and these contracts are longer term than they could be. And um, and that's the security that the Palace have, that they won't be having to sell these players um, against the club's will. Yeah, quite. I mean, we know also with TV money at the moment, clubs like Palace can compete actually with a lot of the big clubs in terms of wages. Look at clubs like Leicester being able to hang on to players like Jamie Vardy, you know, for quite a while because they can compete wages wise. But we have to be realistic about where we are as a club. But the fact that we're able to get these players in, I mean, this is a very, very exciting player who was courted by other Premier League teams. I think we have to accept the Patrick Vieira pool. And, and Julian does talk about this in the next section is huge, especially if you are, French speaking, a defensive midfielder, 22, as you know, he was when he joined Arsenal back in the 90s. You are, that is obviously going to be a big pull for us. And and I think that's happened with quite a lot of our players over the last year or so that have joined. So it's 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 an exciting place to be as a Palace fan. It, it's probably the most exciting, really. Certainly in my lifetime, I can think of, if, if you think about the squad they're building, the potential we've got in this team the aesthetics of the football, the profile of the manager, everything at the moment just feels very exciting. And so I know we're talking about players potentially leaving and stuff, but I think this is this signing is, is an example of why we need to just sit back and enjoy what's happening at the moment because it's it's not going to be as exciting forever. <laughs> and it's also just, it's it's we, we spent a long time building to this 
disposition, we spent a lot of toil and blood, sweat and tears and heartbreak to get to where we are now and enjoy the fruits of our labour in, in the promised land. And so I think we just should enjoy it. Yeah, uh, agreed. I, I think what's really positive, given it was Vieira's first season last year, is that the, the performance of him and, and the players led us to a, a point where perhaps plans such as the one to sign Chet Decore could probably start happening earlier than maybe in other seasons. So, you know, the, the being as proactive as Palace may well have been with this transfer means that we may have cut off half the market and started to persuade Czech Decore that SE25 was the place to be for him probably sooner than we would have been able to in other seasons. So that that's really positive and, and you know, it just shows that any football club will benefit from stability on the pitch and being able to progress signings for the next season while still playing the previous one. So I, I think that's... Um, you know, a, a, another nod to the job that Patrick Vieira did last season. But yeah, you're right. That that lure of Vieira. There's so many similarities between Takore and Vieira in you know their their background and and also the the type of player they are. That I think playing for Patrick Vieira is such a pull for for any young midfielder. I think Conor Gallagher said last season that you know who else could you be learning from that, that's going to improve your game? And and I think Chet Takore will will move on in terms of his game and playing style very quickly under under Vieira. And, and, and clearly, you only have to look at the club footage of, of Vieira welcoming Chet de Corre to, to the training ground and, and just see how happy he is to get this deal over the line. I think it's a big part of what Vieira hopes to do this season. Um, you know, Chet de Corre did play in a, a 3-5-2 system last season, and we know that um, Vieira flirted with that system last year. There's been rumours that he's hoping to work on that more this preseason. It will give us more flexibility. But he's also got the characteristics and, and playing ability to, to very easily play in a, in a three, and perhaps the deeper of the three. Um, so, yes, it's all round. It's a, it's a really positive signing. I think the the transition from Liga to to the Premier League is one that many players have made successfully. But you know, it, it's fair to say that some players have not and and part of the success decor has in the Palace shirt will be very much how he settles off the pitch um but you know his interview with with the club struck me as very positive he looks like this is the right time for him and he was he was happy for this move it doesn't look as though he's been moved against his will and and wanted to stay at Lons or wanted to stay in France this is a move that he wants as much as uh, Palace wanted so I'm, I'm really pleased. I'm just mindful of players like uh, Sumare, who went to, to Leicester after a very, very good season in Ligue 1, in which he was part of a, a title-winning team at Lille. He came to Leicester for big money with high hopes, and and I think Leicester this season or this preseason are looking to move him on loan. So it is a risky game when you sign any player from, from any country. Um, but yeah, I'm really hopeful this is going to work for the club. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Julian does talk about that. And actually, name checks one player in the squad who he thinks might have a really positive impact on Czech, which is not the name I expected, actually, which is very interesting. Remy Matthews. Remy Matthews yeah. <laughs> yeah. The glue yeah. that holds us all together. Yeah. Yeah. This is why we signed him. We knew there was a reason at some point. Uh, good old Remy play Matthews. A, play a liaison. Yeah. Uh, I know, he might as well be. Um, but there's, um, it's funny you talk about the Vieira pool and stuff, because it is a bit mad. I mean, you and I are sort of similar sort of age, like watching these players that you sort of watch as a kid, and now they're managers. And of course, the logic makes sense that these players would watch them growing up and play for them. It must have been the same as maybe like players in the 80s going, well, why wouldn't I play for Glenn Hoddle? Like it may, whereas to me, Glenn Hoddle is a manager because that's what I remember him as. But now like Vieira and Gerard and Lampard and Rooney, and these are all players that like I've watched their entire career and now yeah. they're managers. And it's, it's, I don't know. I'm sure older fans would be like, well, yeah, we've been, I've been having to get used to that for years. It's just a weird thing to get your head around. Yeah, I don't know if the same... Paul, I mean, Bobby Robson was a player, but more players wanted to play for him yeah. because he was the manager that he was. But, yeah. you know, he was in England international. But I think that culture has shifted on because of the iconography of of players such as Vieira, Gerard, Lampard. Yeah. You know, these Guardiola, these these players of yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. incredible playing career have transitioned into into the management game and, and done so quite successfully. Um and, you know, the fact you've got managers like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, who was an incredible player in his era, but is still playing his trade in the lower leagues and happy to do so by yeah. by all accounts, to keep, keeps going for jobs. It's it's a different era. But the, these players that are coming through now, being able to play for people that, you know, you saw week in, week out, you know, even growing up in Mali, I'm sure Czech Decore had access to Premier League football, mm. um, you know, regularly and seeing Vieira. But, yes, it's a hell of a pull for the club. Um, you know, no... no uh, criticism of those that came before Vieira but this has to be the biggest pull we have in terms of who's in the dugout um, and 
the success of the first season, you know, the fact that Vieira was able to attract players without even having a season in the Premier League as a manager yeah, 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 was yeah. is is great. But now he's actually shown that he's, you know, a quality Premier League manager. It's just that lure is just going to increase. And, um, you know, if, it, if it's Takura this summer, it's exciting to see who else could come in this summer, but then looking beyond next year. And uh, yeah, as you say a minute ago, it's, it's a really exciting time for Palace. We're going to hear from Jules in a minute on his thoughts on all these, all these subjects, including at the what he says about Vieira in his first season. Very interesting as well. And if actually what Vieira is saying himself privately about the second season, which is actually very interesting. I think it tells you a lot about Vieira's character, actually. Um, one thing I didn't ask him about, Jack, and I feel gutted, is the Czech Decore chant that the Lons fans, but I know you're a big fan of, and the Lons fans have been singing. It's, of course, Casey and the Sunshine Band, uh, Shake Your Booty. Um, are you going to be singing it? When he's, I will uh, be singing it, but in the ground. So I know that there has been one or two requests for me to do a live performance, but I, I shall not be doing that on this podcast. <laughs> uh, not when we record at lunchtime. But uh, yeah, it, it's very, it's a very uh, good, good chant. And uh, there's a video of the Lawns fans. Say, I don't know when they were singing it, whether that was the end of their season, yeah, perhaps a like farewell it. to him or yeah. something like that. But um, yeah, I hope the, I hope this, the, the noise around Sellhurst uh, is is good for that one. I, I think it's a great chant. And and the second player I recall to have a Casey in the Sunshine Band, obviously following up on the Joby McEnough smash hit. Indeed. So yeah, can't be many other music acts that have had two songs used for the same club. We'll put that out to the we'll put that out to the to the listeners, see if they can suggest anyone else. But yeah, um, go on. Have you got? A well, I'm thinking Liverpool. Liverpool and the Beatles must have had some. Yeah, I don't, I, don't to, I don't want to talk about Liverpool. So. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm gonna. I will play out this episode with the Chet Takure. Yeah. Initial song, the chant, the video chant from Lons is in, is great, but I, I, in terms of pitch and tempo, it's very off. It's very off. So yeah. I'll just I'll play out the the original song and people can sing along. Um, I'm sure you can work out how it goes. Um, shall we hear from Julian Lawrence? Please. These people have listened to me long <laughs> enough. Let's get the headliner on. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Um, okay, this is Julian Lawrence, France football legend, of course, uh, talking about, well, he talks about Meteta for our patrons, Vieira's second season, but of course starts off talking about New Palace signing, Chet Decore. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo mild hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo mild hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo mild hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo mild hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. 
Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the Five Your Plan podcast. Now I'm delighted to say we've got a very special guest joining us. I would say one of the most requested guests back on the podcast. <laughs> Joined us a year ago, of course, to talk about Patrick Vieira joining Palace. I'm delighted he's back. It's French football legend, Julien Laurent. <laughs> Julien, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me again. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's lovely to have you back on. We had such a good reaction to you coming on last year and oh, talking thank us you. through uh, Patrick Vieira and uh, calming some of our nerves, I would say, at the yeah. time. We'll come on to that in a bit and maybe we'll get your thoughts on his first year in charge. The big news, of course, at the moment is Czech Decore is a Crystal Palace fan. Now, this is one that's been making Palace fans, certainly the Twitter experts, go mad with excitement. <laughs> As someone that has seen him probably more often than most on Twitter, how excited yeah. should we be? I think you should be very excited, Crystal Palace fans, because as I, as I tweeted when I was told about it a week, a week or two before he signed officially, this is another really great piece of business. I have to say, very impressive since... Patrick came in and the work that he did with Dougie Friedman and everybody at the club in terms of finding those players that maybe not a lot of the fans would have heard of, but certainly I think tick a lot of the boxes on what they want. And for Ducouré, it's just a, another one. Great season with Lens. Still still very young, only 22 years old, but he made his debut, played for them when he was 18 in the in the French second division in Ligue 2. So he had four seasons to, you know, be part of the learning curve, keep learning, improving, progressing, two seasons in the second division, then two seasons in Ligue 1, and especially the last, the last one, the one that just finished, was, was really impressive on his behalf. I mean, the numbers, I think, speak to, to themselves, uh, speak to itself, themselves, uh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of, um, I think I, the most impressive ones are progressive carries, because he's, he's amongst the top, the really best in Europe. I think he's the top 93% if you look at the, the EFBREF um, stats. Six, six progressive carries per 90 minutes. And same, and same really with the progressive passes as well. Very high too. Um, 6.26. The other one is 6.87, I think. Again, in the top 93% of midfielders in the, the big five leagues. So very impressive. I think Palace fans need to know that Lance play with the back three, so different to what Patrick does at Palace, and they have a very sort of vertical style of play, hence the progressive carries and progressive passes. As soon as he gets the ball back, the Kure, the idea is to go straight forward, either to play towards the wing backs or straight towards your, your forwards. So he will have to adapt slightly because Palace play in a different way, but he's been very impressive in midfield. Him and Seko Fofana next to each other in that midfield four. Uh, one going, one staying, you know, because he can play, I think, a, as a proper holding midfielder. But you lose a bit this ability because he's so strong and so powerful to go, to move with the ball forward and hence the progressive carries and progressive passes. But he can play as a proper, just a number six. He can also play as, as a more box-to-box player, really, where, where I think he's, he's at his best. So really impressive numbers. Interceptions are high as well, 2.26 per game per 90 minutes. Um, Funnily enough, or again, maybe not because of the, the verticality that Lance played with, but short creating actions, quite high as well for, for defensive midfielders in Europe. So again, he can bring you that if you, if you give him that kind of freedom 
with the ball, he will he will also create. So no, really outstanding, outstanding player. I think you're the first person that's ever come on the podcast and done research, which is fantastic. It's, so we're not used to that, but thank it's you. Okay. Those are some great stats. And I mean, to be honest, Palace's transfer dealings recently have been absolutely faultless, and you have to applaud yeah. them on that. How yeah. big do we think the Patrick Vieira pull was in this one? Oh, this one is massive. He he texted me early on. I, I I don't think he will mind me sharing that, saying I love I love him. I absolutely love Sheikh Zukura. I love him. I love him. I said I love him too, man. And I think there was a lot of clubs who loved him. It's just that Palace were very proactive, very early on, sending scouts to watch him. They had full reports on him. And I think if you're a young player in France, even if he's he's he's, he's Malian international and grew up there, but. If Patrick Vieira, you know, calls you and says, like, I want you to work with me, come to my club, and you're a defensive midfielder as well, you have, to, you have to go, really. And I think 20 million is a lot of money. 20 million pounds it is for someone who had only two seasons in the French top flight. But I think regardless of the, uh, in regards of the potential and, and how much I think Palace need a player like him, I think 20 million is actually... It's not, it's not a risk. I don't think it's a gamble or anything like that. It can easily be worth far more money in two or three years' time. So it's, I think Patrick played a big part in, in Ducouré joining you and not another Premier League clubs because, again, I think some of, they were queuing. Uh, I think Patrick can see the potential that is there in already some of the games and he's watched him all season long. Uh, and I think he knows exactly how he can take it even to the next level and to, to the top. You will lose him for the African Cup of Nations, which is, you know, always it's a good thing for the player, but for the clubs it's not so good because it's right in the middle of the season. But I think he, he will give you so much next season that it's uh, I think it's a it's again a very very smart signing. I guess there's that sell-on potential, which I think you have to look at a lot of the yeah. players you signed recently, Eze and Gehi and Olise, and I guess Pal- Palace will always be that club in the middle of the table who will have to try and make profits on players. But clearly they're targeting the right players to do this at the moment, which is encouraging. You touched mm. on three at the back there at Lons. There are rumours circulating amongst uh, yeah. the Palace circles that, that Vieira might be trying three at the back at Palace. Do we think this might be potentially why Dukuri's come in? And, and with an add-on to that, are there any similar players in the Premier League at the moment as a frame of reference that Palace fans that he's like? Yeah, um, I think the back three is very interesting. It, Patrick didn't mention that, but, um, but I'm not surprised that, you know, there were maybe times last season, the season was very good, I thought. Um, there was a lot of positives for me, but maybe at times... A bit of versatility tactically could have could have helped a bit a bit more uh, in terms of switching through games or even setting up for some games that you ended up losing. That maybe a different formation would have helped you staying more in the game. Maybe against the tough the, the bigger clubs. I don't know, but I think it's always good to have that anyway. And then you know already that the Kure would fit so well in a in a in a three four three, for example. Even if you play with two inside tens ahead of him. I don't think that would be a problem. Lance played with two really good wing-backs and then two, two, two kind of more wingers, if you want. Mm-hmm. Not like, I don't know, let's say Chelsea, for example, would play with two really inside tens to leave all that space for the wing-backs. I think Ducouré can play either of those two formations. He would not be a problem. He's a, he's a smart kid. Um, he can fit in well in the, in the back four too. A 4-3-3 would suit him. Uh, mm-hmm. Or even a 4-2-3-1. It's not a problem. If you... If you play the right guy alongside him, a bit like the Seco Fofana, I saw some someone was telling me the other day, oh, Palace should have signed both Fofana and Ducure, which would have been, trust me, incredible. But again, Fofana is a bit more expensive mm. and he's older and he's, he's got more experience. He played in Italy before and all of that. But but I think a, a good pairing with Ducure in a 4-2-3-1 works great. In a 4-3-3, I think it, you know, it's, it, it would be very fluid for him. Uh, instead of a, of a Galahad, for example, if he doesn't come back to you. So I think that would work well. In terms of who's like him in the Premier League, um, that's a good question. I would need to... Um, I, think, I think someone like N'Golo Conte um, compares a little bit in terms of the ability of intercepting the ball and reading the game really well. I, I don't think Ducure maybe clocks as many kilometers maybe as, as NG, but, but certainly in terms of his ability to read the game well and intercept, intercept the ball and almost be everywhere all the time. Uh, and then the progressive carries and, and going forward with the ball, which I think Conte 
is really also really good at. People only see the the recovery balls with Conte, but with the ball, he's very efficient as well. Like like Ducre, so maybe him. But I I was not. Pre- you said I prepared before, but <laughs> I was not prepared on that one. I have to say, but I think the interesting thing with um, with du- the, the the thing with with Ducure, and and I mentioned the work that Patrick is going to do with him, which. I'm sure we'll take him to the next level. For example, uh, Jules in the air, he struggled. He's, he's not the biggest. He's 180, which I think is 5'10", maybe, in your, mm-hmm. in your weird feet measurement. <laughs> um, and he needs to improve that, and especially for the Premier League. Because simple things, for example, if you think about a goal kick from the opposition, the ball will very likely end up in his area. Um, so he needs to be able to win that one because if he gets beaten every time and it's a flick on and then you're under pressure and you, you have to go backwards because he didn't win that aerial duel on the goal kick, the goalkeeper, um, goal kick, for example. Mm. So I think he's quite low in terms of, of duels he wins in the air. So this is somewhere, for example, where he has to improve. I think tactically and because he's only 22 years old and he's got quite a limited experience at the top, top, top level, he will have to learn as well. He's going to face Liverpool and City and Chelsea and, and Spurs, Arsenal, different formation, better players than what he's faced in Ligue 1 for the last two years. So again, that, but he's a smart kid, but that will also, he needs to step up on that level. So there's, there's room for improvement. But I think the Premier League just fits perfectly, you know, his, his qualities as well. And again, what Palace needed is, is perfect for you. Fantastic. We had, we, I mean, Kiate was previously that position, obviously taller. So I guess you yeah. are losing a little bit there. Uh, you're right. I didn't prep you on that question. I'm sorry, but you're right on the spot with that. So apologies <laughs> for that. If he's hard, half... no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. I was just trying to think. That <laughs> Conte is the, you know, is a is an easy yeah. sort of short route if you want because they are a bit similar. But the is, is a bit taller and a bit stronger. So he will. I expect him certainly in the the 50-50 challenges. To he's very strong in that. Uh, it's just in the air. He needs to. He needs to work on that. If he's half as good as Angola Kante's being, my word will be very, very <laughs> happy indeed. Um, it looks like he can he can bang a few in from distance as well. Has he got a fairly decent long range strike on him? Yes, he has. And Lance again, where a team like that, they they manager encourages the midfielders, especially to hit from long distance, even the forwards. To be fair, so it's not. It was it was something that they 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 used quite a lot. I think they they, they had quite high. Uh, long-range shot percentage, for example, for a Ligue 1 team. So he's got that. He's got, yeah, he's got a Michael Essien. That's it. You know, you see, if you give me a bit more time, he's got a Michael Essien. <laughs> we'll take that as well. Type, yeah, yeah, typing in. Because again, no, not the tallest, not the strongest in the air. That Essien, well, he had a good lead, but he was not the strongest. But he's got this sort of all-around, really, really, like, never-tiring, um, powerful Really good carrying the ball again. We go back to the same thing. Uh, all around, very fantastic game. Again, he's young, so you might need to give him a bit of time. But what I said to Patrick, this is exactly the kind of, of transfer with a young player like this with so much potential but limited experience still to get really early mm. at your club. So he was there. He, you know, he's there early in preseason. If it's someone that you bring late in August, for example, with a big transfer fee, for someone like him, it's a big transfer fee, to arrive from France, he would have done the preparation with Lance, which is not the same as Palace, you play differently, yeah, yeah. then you arrive, the season has already started, it's, late, it's, it's already late August, you need to get in groove, you feel the pressure. This is so much better. You arrive now in July, you've got plenty of time to acclimate and to settle in in, in London to live with but also within the team, within the club, knowing people, all, all of that is, is perfect. So, yeah, I, I, I have high hopes. Now, every time someone mentions Michael Essien, I could think of that outside of the boot goal against Arsenal. I exactly. think, oh my God, yeah. what a goal. Yeah. The angle yeah. from behind it, oh, so good. It is amazing. Every time. Um, final question then on Ducore, and you mentioned there about settling. Obviously, for players that come from outside the Premier League, some settle, some don't. What mm. are going to be the key areas for him to settle? I know that Palace do a lot of research on personality type, and we've seen that with recent signings, yeah. and that helps players bed in. Obviously, a fair few French speakers around the first team exactly. as well. Is that going to be a key thing for him settling? Yeah, yeah, perfect. It's the same in Lance when he came from Mali. They they already had that structure with with the older brother, you know, African older brothers who can look after you, and you basically hardly spend an evening on your own because because they're there to look after you. Yeah. And I I suspect it would be the same, you know, at Palace. Okay, maybe there's 
Kuyate, I think, would have been the, the perfect older brother, if you want. But someone like Gehi, Zaha, Olize, and then the French speaker, I think Ayu for, for that would be perfect. You know, I know he's, he's not Malian, but he's Ghanaian. He speaks French as well. And he would be perfect to guide Sheikh from the first few weeks, the first few days, maybe where to live, where to go, you know, the, the things where you can, I don't know, where you can eat, all, all that kind of organization. Yeah. Because again, he's a young player, you know, he's only 22. And I think he's already had the transition from going from Africa to Europe, which is great, instead of going straight from Africa to England, for example. Yeah. So this, this, is, this is much better, but still, he's still going from, from, you know, from Paris, from Lens, sorry, to, to London, from, from France to England, very different culture. All of that is new. So to have that kind of help and guidance is good. And, Patrick and, and Said Aigun as well, of course, Patrick's assistant. Again, French speakers, very good, moved from France over there. And, and I think he will relate a lot to what Patrick went through as a young player yeah. going to Arsenal. I know it was, it was a, a different era, different times, but, but still, I think he will, he will also use, use Patrick's experience. And I think you could, you could imagine that Patrick would be very present too there, yeah. like he was with Olise, for example, others... But it's, it's a bit different for him because he comes from a very different setup and very different country. But I've got, I've got no doubt that he's, he's very strong mentally. You know, to, to come so young from Mali to France, you need, you need to, to be really, really strong mentally. Otherwise, you don't make yeah. it, really. There's, there's many of them who come and only really the, 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 the best and strongest and toughest make it. So, yeah, I've got, I've got no worries about on that level at all. If he ends up being the new Vieira for us, we'll be very happy <laughs> indeed. Speaking of Patrick Vieira, let's get on to him then. You, you very kindly joined us a year ago, um, actually probably less than a year ago because it was quite late in the summer, to talk mm. about him and allay some of our fears. You did use the word risk at the time. I think a lot of yeah. us were using that word because it was, it was a risk. But having watched him now for a year in the Premier League, was that a risk that paid off? I think he paid off completely. And he's the first one to say that the second season is always the hardest. I think he was aware of the skepticism is a little bit strong, maybe, because I think a lot of you Palace fans were ready to, 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 to see it, to give him some time, yeah. to see what he could do. But I think he was, he was aware that a lot of you thought, OK, maybe it's a bit risky because Nice, as we explained, was a bit on and off, up and down, really. There were some good things and others that were not so good. Um, so I think he was aware of that when he started, but he was also very confident that they had a really good structure, that there was a good, there was a good technical team around him, which, which we saw was right. Yeah. The new signings were, were very good. And again, I think if you do your, your homework and your research and all the diligence, the due diligence, sorry, then, then you limit the, um, the risk that things go wrong with yeah. your new signing, of course. And as we saw, despite some injuries, which I think you were a bit unlucky with some of them, it, it, that worked well. And then it was down to him. Really, I saw him before the Leeds game away. We had a really long interview for Amazon. That game was on Amazon in December. And he was very positive then, although I think you were going through a, a tough patch yeah. at that time. Yeah, a bit tricky. But he was, he was like, you know, I can see a training. There's some really good things. This team, this team will, will improve and will get better and it will go better and better between now and the end of the season. And he was right. Even if you forget the, um, the FA Cup run, which was great, but I think at times maybe took a lot of energy away from the league and maybe a lot of focus away from the league, which is normal. It's a, it's a very exciting run to go to and you were so close to making it to the final. But, but I, yeah, I think he, was, he knew that at times... There was a lack of consistency, but again, he was confident that what he was seeing at training, that things would go back to being better, and they, and they were. And I just think that for a first season, there's a lot of positive there, a lot of things that you can build on, a lot of really, really encouraging signs and, 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 and things to pick, to pick on. And I cannot see why they can't, they can't do even better this season coming. Yeah, that was going to be my final question. Because you're right, as, as a first season, it was, it was very enjoyable for Palace fans. Big transition, but it paid off. And we had that great cup run and some fantastic, aesthetically pleasing football. Yeah. Assuming Palace make no more signings, and there are a few rumours, Gibbs White, I think, has been linked and a few others. Yeah. Assuming there's no more signings coming in, how confident are you that Palace can replicate last season or maybe even do better? No, uh, f for me, and I... And I said it to Patrick, this, this is, this was so, the first season was very positive. And if you think about it, 
Um, first season for, for Margay in this kind of environment, for example, with Anderson. Uh, together as a partnership, they can only be better in the second season. You know, they will get better in the second season. This is what happens with with centre backs partnership. Yeah. If you think about Olize, what we saw and we we should have and we wish we'd seen more, but unfortunately that wasn't. But if he has a full season where he's fully fit with that kind of confidence and what he brought, he can only get better. If you think about Oson Edouard and Mateta, whoever plays and whether they keep kind of rotating in a way. But again, they should they should be better. I expect more from Oton Edouard because I think he's so talented that if he gets a little bit more clinical and a bit more efficient, then I think he can easily get a, a fifteen a fifteen goal a season in the Premier League, no problem, no doubt. So I expect him to be better. If it's Wilfried Zaha's last season at the club, which looks potentially likely, then I expect him to want that last season to be really an amazing season and then he can go, he can live on a high, for example. And then you go, Eze, I think, has a lot to show because he missed too much of last season. So again, for me, collectively, they will get better because you would work as a team again and surely all that work that you did in your first season yeah. will pay even more dividends second season. And then individually, a lot of those players should be, should be better, really, in the second season at the club with Patrick. So... If you add the new signings, if they hit the ground running quickly, I think it can be a really good season. But again, I think Patrick is right. Second season where you have to, it's a confirmation season. Yeah. It's a season that we have to show that the first one was not a fluke. All of that is always, is always a hard one, to be fair. Top man. Jules, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, we pleasure, love having you on. Maybe we'll chat to you next summer, even if we don't sign a French player. We'll just, we'll just catch up. Why not? Yeah, Why yeah. Or during the season. If you need me during the season, you know, no problem. Let yeah. me know. Top man, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. 
Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. We are, for the most part, a reactionary society. If your neighbor has a break-in, you think about getting an alarm. If your buddy gets laid off, you say, I better buckle down at work. If banks start closing, you may want to ask yourself if you should keep most or all of your money in a bank. It may be time for a portfolio protection plan. It may be time to have a little personal gold reserve. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Five Pan Podcast. It's a French-themed episode, Le FYP Podcast this week. Thank you so much to Julie and Laurence for joining us. Not only an expert in French football, and you saw there the research that went into his... Uh, into, <laughs> into his, I know Jack's shaking his head. Um, but what a nice guy as well to give up his time to do that. I, I, you know, there aren't many fan podcasts that will be able to get that level of expertise on to profile a player. So thank you, Julian, so much. I know, Jack, you're a little bit annoyed that I said that he was the only person that did research. The first person to do research on this podcast, less than a week after your father <laughs> delved into the history books about Edmund Goodman. And, and, and you're dismissing that as if he did. That's unbelievable. I mean, I... Maybe he just knew that, you know, maybe dad just knew that stuff. Possibly, possibly. He's a very knowledgeable man. He's a very knowledgeable man. But anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to hanker on the point. So I'll (laughs) I'll quickly move on. But yeah, my my feelings are strong on that one. (laughs) But hey, hey, to be honest, if that's the flattery need to be shown to get the likes of Julian on on the pod, then, you know, carry on. (laughs) I mean, I just, I just, you know, feel very lucky to have him on the pod and, and and have these kind of, this kind of insight really. Because again, like we both said in part one, we don't watch French football week in, week out. So it makes way more sense for us to get someone that does to give us that kind of insight. And, and so much of that stuff was interesting. The stats he did delve into, obviously, and, and the, the ball carrying and stuff like that is very, very useful to know. The comparison with Michael Essien, I think, is incredibly exciting, really. That's really, that's really exciting. Um, I think Essien was such an important signing for, for for that Chelsea team that obviously was signing a million players at one time, but Essien was, was a real game changer for them in the, his ability to play from deep but drive the team forward and, you know, the... Um, the similarities to to check are, are really positive for our our style of play. So very very exciting, and um, yeah, may not be currently playing, but I think everyone that's listening will will recall how good a player and how impactful Michael Essien was for that Chelsea team. So any comparison to him is is really positive. That 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 goal against Arsenal. I know I said it in part two. My God, that yeah, goal! I just think of that. it every time. Um, he did touch on the three five two. It was very interesting talking about that. He's thrives in the three five two and. We know there's there's rumours going around. Do we think this is this is a, a jigsaw piece falling into place because of that formation change? It could be, but I don't think it's probably the only reason. As I said, I think he, he's shown enough that he's able to play in a system that more of the Palace players are um, familiar with from last season. So I don't think the the signing of Chet Decore alone is is a, a definitive suggestion that it's going to be three five two against Arsenal on the fifth, but. Um, I, I think it just provides the flexibility. But I, I felt that when we did go three five two last season, we did suffer a little bit in midfield. And, yeah, and yeah. if we have got someone who's played um, very, very well in that system um, for, for a season, at least, I don't know if Lons would deploy in that system before last season, but, you know, he's he's clearly shone in that system. So it's 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 really handy to have a player uh, so used to, to playing in that system if we want to use it. But I, I, I think he'll be as effective in a, in a 4-3-3 as well. But yeah, re- really exciting. Um, to, to hear Julian, as you say, you know, to have someone who not only uh, looks at league and a lot more than perhaps the typical English football fan does, but he obviously also watches a lot of Premier League football. So he's he's aware mm. of both leagues and, and will be aware of the the kind of complementing skills that will suit both um, both divisions. But yeah, incredibly positive from from Julian, and uh, really pleased that that we've got this deal over the line. Just just even more so having listened to him. Yeah, I definitely, definitely makes me feel more positive. I mean, the fact that he's just getting texts from Patrick Vieira, you know. Who is it? 
Who is yeah. he? Talking about? I love that. The I love Chet Decora. I just love that. The enthusiasm coming across is uh, is great to hear those little insights. Well, is there any before we move on, is there any other takeaways from this chat with Julian that, that sort of jumped out at you? Not not really. I mean, the the only other thing I know I kind of noted was talking about the fact he's only 22 but has pretty much four full seasons of playing you know professional football which at 22 is is really impressive and yeah. not identical to to Eze but kind of some somewhat similar and learnt their trade in the second tier but then were able to adapt into the first tier as, as Ebbs did with us in his first year so there's a similarity there but you know it's it's not easy French football and and mm. uh, you know I know often people just easily refer to the Premier League as the best league of the world but to to play as well as he's done in that division and and as I said move Lons and be able sorry not single-handedly but be a big part of Lons moving up that division to, to finish probably higher than most people expected them to is is a real testament to, to Decore and um, yeah I'm excited he might be 22 but I think he's coming with with plenty of matches in his legs and and I think Julian touched on his intelligence as a player and that will only have built having played you know four seasons worth of of, uh, of league football so yeah Nothing more for me to say. I think Julian said it all, to be honest. Fantastic. Bring it bring it on. Um, let's move on then quickly, because, I mean, if this is the end of Palace's summer spending, not a bad window at all, but there's rumours that it might not be. And there's this young Chelsea defender potentially on the way, which again would maybe play into a 3-5-2. Yeah, Levi Colwell. Um, I, th- I think uh, murmurs and news about this has, has somewhat been triggered by Chelsea's business at um, of their own in terms of mm. Koulibaly. I think they've been linked with uh, Kimpembe from, from PSG and uh, and also Nathan Aki returning. Um, Nathan Aki is one of those players that's had quite a stellar career and I'm not quite sure how, but <laughs> hey, he's clearly rated and um, but may end up going back to Chelsea where he started for yeah. double the price. That Chelsea, anyway, that's just not classic, well, it's a classic Chelsea move, isn't it? It's classic Chelsea, but it just strikes me. As a result of that, and a little bit like um, Mark Gay and Fakayo Tomore last summer, one of their very impressive centre-backs um, off the production line may well be made available. And, and Palace are said to be very interested in in Colwell. Colwell had a very good season at Huddersfield uh, last season. Um, sadly, Pim scored the winner in the playoff final, but for Nottingham Forest. Um, but well, that feels that, very Palace. Uh, so. Yeah, quite. But um, I, I think he would be... Uh, again, a good investment and um, he's very similar to Gay in the sense that he's come through the Chelsea youth system, very highly rated, shown his quality in the second tier as Gay did at Swansea uh, before we signed him, but seems to be available from Chelsea before he's played a Premier League minute for the club. Um, it doesn't strike me as particularly good business, but equally if Palace are going to benefit from from that, um, I'm, I'm not against it. So that could be a, a very good piece of business. I, I, I wonder whether two options are available there. One would be the season-long loan, um, which would obviously fill our Chelsea loan quota for the season, and uh, or whether a permanent deal is, is available, which um, Fabrizio Romano, he in the know, has said is possible. I know a few other clubs have been linked, Brighton and Southampton too. So um, yeah, it, it, it's... It's the type of player that we've kind of got used to Palace being linked with. So if there is a, a deal to be done, I'm sure Palace will be interested and certainly be having the, the conversations. But yeah, Levi Cole will possibly be a name to, to to be aware of. And then the other one that was linked a few um, weeks ago kind of went away, but then come back into to focus in the last few days is Matthias Svanberg, who's a, a midfield, all-action midfielder who currently plays for Bologna and has seemingly had a pretty impressive season for them last year um, and might be available for relatively small fee um, compared to the astronomic fees that Premier League fans are used to their club plan but could be available for less than 10 million euros and, and again you know if he's able to deploy the um, the skills and the performances he showed last year for Bologna in Serie A for Palace next year that would be a very good addition to to to, to Palace and Patrick Vieira's midfield cohort so a couple of names that could could happen I, I don't know how likely Svanberg is of the two I think from things that are being said on on social media Colwell may be the more likely of those two um but but we'll see sounds like a uh, a Gallagher replacement possibly Svanberg well, possibly a, more of that type of player than Decore I think Svanberg yeah. would be probably playing slightly higher than, than Decore would be but nonetheless um, you know a, a player that could be deployed in many positions in midfield the, I, I think uh, obviously Gallagher had such an impact last year for um, 
for Palace that you know there's a Gallagher shaped hole in the team as, yeah, as yeah. Palace fans see it so I think any signing whether it's Decore who's confirmed and in the squad or a, a someone like Svanberg who is being linked with the club they're always going to be assessed as to whether they are the replacement but yeah, yeah. it's quite possible that that Vieira is thinking of different ways of playing next year I think we've talked previously about Eze having more of an impact and and obviously being one of the starting 11 week in week out given his return to full fitness so yeah really interested to see the uh the comings and goings from Palace over the next few weeks um because there, there probably is a little bit more business that could be done I don't think the squad is at full strength but equally um if business was to be done right now I, I think we've probably added some very good quality to the squad and there's also I mean sorry to sort of labor on transfers I know we don't normally do that on this podcast um but i've seen a lot of people you know you see those uh and this is how palace could line up next season tweets and a lot of them have got gibbs white which i'm assuming is morgan gibbs white from wolves in there yeah is this this a rumor that's going around as well yeah i think alan nixon who seemingly has a good connection to the club has mentioned it a few times um but it strikes me that everton are very very keen um, Anthony Gordon posted something on his social media and they're good friends from the under-21s, which I think yeah. alludes to maybe Everton being a little bit further along the pursuit for Morgan, Morgan Gibbs-White than than other clubs. But yeah, I mean, he's the type of player, again, that profile of young young mm. player available for a decent fee, but with the potential to, to really uh, flourish for a new club. It's not the wrong type of player to be looking at, but I think Wolves are asking for quite a lot up front, which, which I don't think Palace really want to pay. What, what could be right, really interesting, and and watching Mark Bright on some of the club footage this morning, actually um, from Singapore, he's out there with the with the players that are in Singapore at the moment, talking about a lot of the young players. Given that you know that that team or that squad that's over in Singapore is um, supplemented by a lot of the young players, is there seems to be quite a lot of interest in in some of those players from league clubs in terms of taking them on loan. And, and that's a conversation the club are having, obviously want them around for the pre-season to kind of supplement that playing time. But equally, when it gets closer to the season, it may be that some of them, Jake O'Brien, Jess uh, Raksaki, yeah. um, and a few others um, have been inquired about. Scott Banks, another one um, from league clubs. And I think that would be a positive step. Again, that a kind of need for first-team football and, and playing at the next step. So interesting insight from, from Mark Bright this morning, also commenting about the... Uh, his uh, opinion about the Singapore skyline, which was always welcome. So, Mark, Mark Bite travel blogs uh, coming up oh, next. God. I would watch that definitely, definitely watch that. Well, just watch Palace TV, and you're getting insight into what it could be. I think, yeah, comment about the food, his flight, and the hotel were were brilliant, to be honest. So, we uh, need yeah. more Mike, Mark Bright content. We just do um, across the media, especially generally. in pre-season. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, just uh, really quickly then on. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to talk about the uh, the preseason tour. Obviously, they are out there. Um, slight <laughs> half the squad aren't there. I'm a little bit like, why are they out? Is it worth playing these big Premier League teams? Sure, um, they'd be better off all being here playing a couple of Championship teams. But this is this is it now. We're part of this world. But it does seem a little bit um, frivolous. Yeah, it does. A bit bizarre. Um, to split the squad up to this degree, you know, just just look at our two centre backs as a particular focus here. Jurgen Anderson's in Singapore while Mark Gay's preparing for QPR away and Gillingham away. It just seems yeah. seems odd, and I think it's clearly been impacted by um, the the vaccination status of, of players. There's no avoiding that. But then there are some of the players that have stayed back in the UK um, who have stayed back because of fitness concerns yeah. and the desire to increase their fitness. So, you know, for a number of reasons, the squad's been split up. I don't know if there's contractual obligations that meant we had to go to Australia, um, given that we had planned to go there pre-pandemic. But it's not ideal from a fan perspective, but presumably those in the know have have signed it off and and you know, you've got Vieira speaking very positively last week about going out to, to Singapore and Australia um, and knowing that some of his team, some of his key first team is actually really, if you look at it as yeah. a Wilf, uh, Mark Gaye, not attending, check the core not going probably because of the timing of his transfer. So it's, it's far from ideal, but equally the players, wherever they are, will be getting good minutes in their legs. Um, but it's quite possible that... But not someone, in the tank. Not in the tank. Minutes in the legs. Minutes uh, go in the legs, yeah. I think so. Or right under um, the belt. Don't they go under the belt? No, trophies and accolades go under the belt. I oh, don't okay. know. Okay, no, fair enough. Okay. We're, come on, we're treading on the turf of someone else's well, yeah. podcast. Here. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's going to turn out that the only uh, pre-season match where the full squad will be together will be Montpellier at home 
the week before the season starts. But actually, I think it's been quite common for that to be the case for a lot of Premier League clubs over the last few years that they've only had one or two uh, pre-season fixtures where um, they've had all uh, first team available for, for selection. So I guess we won't really know the impact of all this until we've played maybe six Premier League games. But yeah, I, I hope the uh, the travelling faithful, and, and it's important the fans in Singapore get to enjoy it as well because they'll have been looking forward to it for a long time. When's that Montpellier game? Is that the 30th? 30th, the Saturday before the Arsenal game. I think I can make that because I'm missing the first month of the season because of being in Edinburgh. Um, oh, so Edinburgh plug. Actually... Nice. <laughs> Beautifully nice. done. I did need to actually plug more, actually. Dim Valley Football and Fatherhood, 4.30pm, Grassmarket <laughs> Centre. See you there. Um, tickets available at everyinch.com. Um, I'm bad at promo. Uh, no, that's, in, that's very interesting. I do feel a little bit bad for fans in Australia and Singapore who have waited a long time to see Palace out there. And we know there's a big Palace contingency in both. And a lot of them are FYP listeners as well. And we, we do hear from them quite a lot. But to then finally the team get out there and there's a handful of first teamers and the big names aren't there. Do, and people that have gone out. And I mean, obviously there's a lot of talk about this 20 grand VIP package and stuff. And maybe people that are paying that aren't that fast. Because if you pay that sort of money, do you think there was? I think there was suggestion on Twitter from some that some that may know about this that that package was not especially well purchased. So hopefully, not too many people are significantly out of pocket for that. But hey, those of you out there will at least get a sight of Joel Ward. So come on, (laughs) first prize, first prize, and and Andre Moritz. That was that was lovely. That 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 was lovely that Moritz was out there, and and it was a nice interview on the club TV channel as well. So yeah, yeah, I I hope it's enjoyable for everyone that's out there, and the players will be benefiting from being out there. You know, I think tomorrow we're we're recording on Thursday, and I think um, Friday morning they're 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 playing Liverpool in a outstanding stadium. So anyone that's playing is going to have an incredible experience in in front of a set of fans that, um, you know, they'll never have played in front of before. So it's a great experience. But yeah, in terms of preparation for a new season, it is far from ideal. And actually watching fans turning up at the airport in Singapore in Palace garb has been very, you know, not used to that at all. There was only two of them. But even so, that is not something we're used to at all. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. And uh, we'll track pre-season, of course. I was going to say, I remember what I was going to say previously about loan signings. And again, without trying to cross-promote too much my other projects, um, we did recently have Jermaine Pennant on the Blank podcast, um, who famously went on quite a few loans um, early on in his career. And actually said how incredibly uh, important they are. And actually, they're very beneficial. So if we do have some younger players going out on loan, uh, I think that can only be a good thing. So there, what I've done is I've put an anecdote in there that's um, now not relevant to what we were talking about, um, but and also pr- promoting other things I do. No, no, is it? <laughs> I, I think work. I think Jake O'Brien's a, a a really good example of someone who went uh, last January to Swindon, played in over half the games that he was able to, and has come back a better and stronger player. Yeah, and it may be that he needs another loan before he's you know first team contender, but you know, it's it's a journey for these players, and the fact that we're at a point where we don't need to call on them to be in the the Premier League first team squad is is positive, and they can go and develop themselves in view of becoming that that Premier League player for Palace in the future. So, yeah, be interested to see a few out the door between now and the uh, and the end of the window. Definitely. Let's round off then this episode um, by talking quickly about the kits. I don't think we've talked about the Palace kits yet. No, Again, not. Not something we normally sort of indulge with too much on FYP, but um, it's 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 preseason, so why not? Um, they've caused a stir, haven't they? I think is the word to say on social media. Actually, I would say almost divided the fan base down the middle. I've seen some people saying they're the best kits ever, and some some of your uh, football aggregator accounts uh, are saying the Palace have won the kits this summer, and other people saying they're probably some of the worst kits they've ever seen. Where do you stand on this? To be honest, I have the same moral dilemma every preseason. I don't know if I like the kit until about November. <laughs> if we're winning in it, I'll be loving it. If yeah. we go on a massive winless run, yeah. I'll be hating it. But yeah. it's a bit different. Um, it's a new kit provider, so um, you know we, we've clearly gone with with one of their templates. I know a few other clubs have have got a similar design. Um, but yeah, I, to be honest, I never know whether I like it. I won't know it whether I like it until the Friday night against Arsenal. And uh, there's a bloke with Steve 50 uh, in, on the back of the shirt. And he turns around and, and shows me the, the full class of the shirt. I won't know until that moment to be JD. But yeah, I, I, I just never know. But it, it clearly is a very uh, uh, topic, a very strong topic of, of uh, debate amongst fans. And I think it's probably because there's not much else to talk about. But equally, Why? Palace fans, you know, as Palace fans, we've had 
a fair few iconic kits. So yeah. kits are important to us. The identity of the red and blue is is very strong. I am quite excited to see what the third kit looks like because there are rumours it's going to be a black kit, which um, mm. I do love a black kit. Yes, yes. Yeah. There are strong rumours that it is a very tasty kit indeed. So it may yeah. well have saved it for people that don't like the, uh, the home and the way kit. I thought you were going to say you won't be able to judge it properly until you see uh, Joel Ward standing in the kit maybe that's a better way of I'm, 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 I'm not allowed to say such things due to legal reasons so. <laughs> no no i do think I, I do think advertising uh football kits or any kind of athletic wear by professional athletes is always a bit unfair on the typical punter but yeah hey so be it well, who else are they gonna get to try? it'd be funny if the kit release was steve age 50 wearing the shirt being like buy this but hey sorry to anyone called steve age 50 i'm not calling you out specifically i'm, I'm just using you as a as a, a fake person but uh yeah he's gonna be livid he's gonna all be the steve's in right now yeah I don't know if Steve Parrish is 50. He probably would wear it. He probably would release the kit himself. I think he is, actually. I think there he we is. go. Yeah. Maybe. They should get more fans. It's actually a really good point. Get more fans in kit release videos because, uh, yeah, better way to judge whether it's going to Better way to judge, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's one of those things. And as I said, if we're, uh, by the time the World Cup's uh, Cup comes around, if we're high in the table, I'll be loving it. But yeah, if not, then I'm like, just pass me by. What are we going to do during the World Cup? You know, this, this is going to be a mad watch, season. Watch the World Cup. No, I mean in terms of the podcast. Oh, I don't know. Shall we do some? We could do some World Cup themed episodes if people I'll would like too, such a thing. I'd be too busy being drunk at ten o'clock watching. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't know what the games are at ten o'clock. Tunisia versus Costa Rica or something. Yeah, I'll yeah, be, yeah. I'll be a few beers in. So don't get me on. Don't get me on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should for that reason um it's gonna be an interesting season very interesting season but anyway thank you very much chat for joining me for this pre-season oh man, i said it'd be a shorter episode it's actually gonna end up being the same length as most of our episodes um but there we go i didn't I delve into pre-season and in particular check the cory signing thank you to julian no. laurence well thank you sorry no no all good you, thank of you. course sorry no thank you thank you and i'll be warming up for julian all tour <laughs> excellent what a tour what, what a tour. tour strong opener strong headliner yeah. Yeah. um yeah and thank you julian for joining us as well and giving us that insight we hope you found that useful and interesting if you're looking for more uh mid-season content we have of course had two lengthy episodes recently where we delved back into palace nostalgia there was our who is mr crystal palace episode uh which of course jack alluded to earlier there with some extensive research from jd senior and a very interesting debate that was as well and previous to that we did an nfl style draft episode where we tried to pick the best ever palace players for only choosing one player each from history for each team i haven't explained that well and people on twitter they get confused if you listen back to the episode jack i think we would pretty much explain it yeah yeah i think over over the course of the episode it becomes quite clear so yeah quite go back and uh, and please more people tell me i've got a terrible team please it'd be, it'd be <laughs> great to hear that <laughs> i what weirdly i did a little poll and my team won which i wasn't expecting i think i thought dom or jd senior might might win that but um i think I, it's currently being assessed by the european court of arbitration but yeah fair, fair. if you like spicy teams my team is uh the team for that uh but anyway there's lots to listen to while you wait for palace to get back to action but in the meantime uh, enjoy the summer enjoy the sunshine take care and we'll see you again soon on the fyp podcast goodbye Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.